Hi, and thank you for downloading That B Word podcast. I am your beautiful bipolar host, Becky. I was having a little bit of an issue last night. Last night, I had a really hard time keeping my emotions under control. Um, I One of my triggers is feeling lonely or feeling abandoned. And... And last night I just could not convince myself that um, that everyone didn't hate me. <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I struggle with sometimes. Um, luckily, I was able to get some sleep and it was better in the morning. I think part of the problem might have been I was awake too late. I haven't been doing that lately. And last night I did stay awake. Uh, for a couple extra hours and I didn't take my medicine until I went to bed and I think maybe that might have something to do with it at least I hope so I'd hate to to think that like this upswing that I'm on has come to an end but I don't think it has I think I'm still pretty good so today uh, we have an interview with Brian And Brian's going to tell his story for us. I originally had another interview lined up for this week. So if you uh, are downloading expecting to hear my interview with Rebecca Lombardo, I apologize. But uh, some technical difficulties um, made it unable, made that audio unusable. So hopefully we'll be able to re-record at some point. Uh, In the meantime, uh, enjoy Brian's story, but first... So in news and reviews this week, I wanted to touch on an article that I found in the science section of the Business Insider. And it's about a study, it's about a study that has come across a link between DNA and depression and other mood disorders. It's fairly interesting, and it's a little bit more complex than I want to go into here. But the gist of it is that they have definitively decided that genetics um, play a large role in uh, depression and OCD, especially. The now the re- the study was conducted on samples that came from. 23andMe, um, which is, if you're not familiar, it's the website where you spit into a vial and they send you back information about your family and your genetics. It's pretty interesting. Um, And I wanted to bring that up because I know, along with this depression study that they were having, they were also conducting a bipolar study. And I've signed up for that. I haven't gotten any additional information on it yet but I did sign up and I wanted to let everybody else know about it too before the the study closes I think it's going to close fairly soon and you can get that information at www.23andme.com that's 23andme.com slash depression dash bipolar and now I'll put that in the show notes as well and that'll bring you to the page where you can sign up for that study I hope that I'm 
accepted, I don't see why I wouldn't be. I seem to fit all of their qualifications, but you never know. So there's another story that's come out fairly recently about uh, a certain kind of computer brain training program that can that can improve cognition uh, with patients in bipolar disorder. Um, things like, you know, the memory lapses, decision-making, things like that are sometimes a struggle for people with bipolar disorder. This particular article um, goes into how the how this particular, or I think any individual brain training kind of program um, is believed to improve cognition um, through different games that are supposed to um, make your neural pathways kind of like a workout for your brain. Um, and the, the study seemed to find that the improvements lasted even after the, uh, the training ended by at least six months. So hopefully that's, that's going to be of some help. I know a lot of people could probably benefit from something like that. So that's going to be it for news and reviews today. If you do um, sign up for the 23andMe program, uh, let me know and um, let me know if you get approved and and what happens uh, beyond that. I mean, of course, we're not asking you to share personal information, but yeah, let me know how that process works. So our interview today is, as I said, with Brian. Uh, Brian Lewis with bipolar disorder. And um, our interview kind of starts in the middle of things. So um, there's not going to be a real introduction. Additionally, we talked for a very long time. And so just for time, I had to cut some of his interview out, which I I wish I didn't have to, but otherwise this could have been a two-hour episode. <laughs> so um, please enjoy. Basically, we just started. Everything's already set up and recording, so we can start anytime if you're ready. Okay. Well, okay. So to start out at the beginning of my life, um, I um, the some of the youngest memories that I have uh, was when I was five years old and being sexually abused. Um, Sorry that happened to you. Won't go into detail about what happened or who it was, but I've, I think I've made peace with it, but now, but throughout my life, I think it's, I think it caused a lot of depression and, um, it caused a lot of insecurity. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, um, you know, we had talked about bipolar being hereditary. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, my grandmother was diagnosed back then with manic depressive. Okay. And she had actually tried to kill herself. My cousin has bipolar disorder all on the same side. And I believe my mom was diagnosed with bipolar. I mean, my mom was undiagnosed bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, 
growing up with a mom, being raised by a mom who was undiagnosed bipolar was very difficult. Have you ever heard of the book Walking on Eggshells? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that particular book is not more geared toward borderline personality disorder, or am I wrong there? Um, it is, but it spoke to me because mm-hmm. I I dealt with a mom who was sick. Right. Uh, she abused us verbally and physically. Um, so I, I grew up literally walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I was very depressed as a child and a teenager. I remember, uh, as a teenager, uh, wanting to slip my wrist to escape. Um, so it was hard. I, you know, I lived in constant fear of my mother and what she would say and what she would do. Um, so I, as a teenager, I suffered, I definitely suffered with depression. Wasn't, never went to a counselor or, um, never went to a psychiatrist or a doctor about my depression. It's just, you know, back then, I'm 46 years old. Back then, it's just something you didn't do. Right. You know, you didn't talk about your feelings in my house. So um, there was that. Uh, When I got to college, I went to a small private college in the mountains of North Carolina, a Christian college. And that's where I, when I, I I took a psychology-oriented degree and that's when I learned about depression and I started going to the, um, uh, the college counselor and seeing her. So that helped, but it didn't help with the bipolar disorder because when you, when you have bipolar disorder, when you're manic, you don't seek help. Right. Because you feel great. Um, and, you know, that, that was, that was the deal. Um, I graduated from Montreat, Montreat College. And, um, when I graduated from Montreat in 1993, I immediately got married. Marriage was hard. You know, I went through cycles of depression, anxiety, and mania, um, I gained a bunch of weight. I went up to 350 pounds. Um, probably, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what caused me to gain all the weight. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, were you on any medications because that will sometimes that, cause people to gain weight? At that time, I had gone to my primary care physician. And was on um, an antidepressant, mm-hmm. and that was all. Yeah. So um, that you know, one message that I have for people is, you know, yeah, your PCP can be great, but they don't understand and can't diagnose. Usually, don't don't diagnose bipolar. Right. They don't recognize. 
So I, I would say to people, you know what, if you think you have, bi- or if you do have bipolar disorder, or if you think you do, don't go to a psychiatrist. Right. I agree with that totally. I mean, your PCP should always be in the loop as far as, because, you know, there's going to be blood work to do if you're on medications yeah. or anything like that. But Oh, yeah, I'm on lithium. I'm on lithium right. now, and I have to have blood work you know, to check my levels. So, Have you had um, any problems with lithium toxicity or anything no, like that? No, she's, I, it's been very well regulated. Um, when, uh, when I found out there could be lithium toxicity, and one of the side effects could be problems with your thyroid. And I read about side effects. I don't want to goiter. <laughs> yeah, no, don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, I ended up getting um, gastric bypass surgery. Okay. And it was a ruin Y procedure. And uh, for those who, do, those who don't know, um, it's they shrink and shrink the stomach down to like an egg and um they also shorten your intestine mm-hmm. uh, well the problem with that type of gastric bypass surgery is that it causes problems with absorption mm-hmm. uh, and that can cause medications to have less of a of an effect okay uh, so I was just on antidepressant at the time, so I don't know how much that absorption. Um, I lost 150 pounds. Oh wow! That was. Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, I um, started. I I think I became manic, and. Mm-hmm was obsessed with my weight loss and um, spent three to four hours in the gym. Um, I, you know, I mean, I was extremely in shape, but it was kind of a hun- unhealthy, uh, unhealthy um, uh, obsession. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it would be sustainable. I much. was... I was uh, neglecting my children and um, my wife at the time. I also started abusing alcohol, mm-hmm. um, which is common from what I understand. Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, along with that, I started having extremely inappropriate behavior. Um, I felt like, you know, being manic, <laughs> I felt like I was on top of the world and mm-hmm. could do, say anything I wanted to. And alcohol only increased that. And I would do really stupid stuff. Right. I was spending night, I was spending every night in the bar, uh, drinking and driving, even driving under the influence with my kids in the car. Oh. Um, yeah. I would get drunk at company functions. Um, not a good thing. 
generally not. <laughs> um, I would um, go to friends' houses and get drunk and just act a fool. One time, one time, I my friend went uh, took me to a uh, Kiss concert. Oh, fun! I got so drunk that I passed out on the picnic table on top of a picnic table. And my friends couldn't find me. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, as a result of all this, I started losing friends and alienating co-workers. Um, my friends didn't want to be with me. Um, my, my co-workers, I had trouble working with them. You know, because, you know, well, not only because of the alcohol, but because... Um, I mean, I would say things that just came to my mind, right. you know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't care what I said to people. Um, and that affected my life at home too, that I have fits of rage. Right. And, um, so I worked in the, I worked in the tech field and, you know, doing tech support going to people's desks and working on their computers and stuff like that. So it was an extremely chaotic job. And with my um, racing thoughts, it made it very difficult to perform my job. I was constantly having racing thoughts. And I remember um, like just sitting in my office and just staring at the wall with all these thoughts going through my head. And I could not focus at all. Um, and that was, God, that was so hard. Um, I, I was in under constant anxiety of losing my job because I knew that I wasn't performing well. Mm-hmm. So couldn't sleep at night. So I'd stay up all night and I'd go into work at like two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, wow. And, uh, I remember going to the, into the bathroom one time. And um, just resting my head on the on the wall, and wanted to pound my head into the wall because I couldn't. Um, I got talked to by the by the director of human resources about coming into work late at night. You know, she's like, "You can't do that." And um, my boss and the human resources director both knew I had bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they knew that going in when you were hired, or or did you have to disclose that at some time? I disclosed that later on, because right. because when I was hired, um, I didn't know I had bipolar disorder. Oh, okay. Um, if I'd have known, if I'd have known now, what I knew, no wait, if I'd have known then what I know now about the ADA, American Disabilities Act, I probably could have asked for concessions right, to help me deal with the problem. But eventually it came to the point where I got called into the boss's office and they said that they were eliminating my position and I was terminated immediately. Uh. So, um, gave me a great severance package. Hey, well, that's good. Yeah, that I felt like I couldn't turn down. I had, of course, I had to sign paperwork saying I wouldn't sue them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
now that I think about it, maybe I could have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably hard to know for sure, but. Yeah. But so I took it and um, after I lost my job, I, I went through a, a bout of extreme anxiety, depression, and mania. Yeah. Did you get mixed episodes then? or? I did. Yeah. I did. Those are rough. Those are rough. That's when my doctor uh, that I was going to at the time um, recommended that I go to an outpatient facility and, you know, become an out, outpatient hospitalization, which I went to and I took their course about coping mechanisms and things like that. I really didn't feel I really just didn't feel like it helped. But and also by that time I was probably I don't know if I mentioned this I was properly diagnosed with bipolar disorder by a psychiatrist, and um, he was treating me, but he didn't he didn't consider the fact that you know I my gastric bypass surgery uh, caused me to have bouts I mean it caused me to have problems with absorption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so none of the medicines, I've been on a lot of different kinds of medicines trying to find something to work. Um, so, um, I went to him for <clears throat> a while, but, um, I, um, after I lost my job, um, my wife, uh, put me into a, uh, because I was so bad, my wife put me into an, an, an inpatient facility, mm-hmm. um, and I spent about two weeks there in a manic state, okay. and eventually got kicked out for making inappropriate comments to a woman that was there, and they, um, yeah, they kicked me out. They kicked you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just wrapping my head around that. Um, what... It- was it a, like a rehab type facility or was it more like a private mental health facility? It was a, it was like a private mental health health facility. Hmm. My, my wife, when she went to pick me up, they, they called her and said, you got to come pick him up. Hmm. Um, my wife said, why did you kick him out? You're supposed to help him with this. Right. And, and they didn't have a good answer. Huh? So I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember what I said to this woman. It was probably because of my inappropriate comments. It was probably something sexual in nature. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I made any threats or, you know, anything like that, but I was out. Um, I, after I got out, uh, my wife left me, and she took kids and, and left me and moved in with her mom. Uh, we had was it, to sell. Was it because of of that incident, or I I don't know. We've never we've never talked about it. I think it was everything. Yeah. She just she couldn't take it anymore, and I don't blame her. I was very difficult to live with. Um, the timing was bad when I got out of the hospital that she, that she left. 
and we had we had to sell the house. She's probably going to listen to this, and I'm going to get in trouble, but um, that's okay. <laughs> well, don't get in trouble on my account. <laughs> uh, I, I, it'll be okay. Um, we had to sell the house, and I had to move in with my parents. Which moving back in with a with a bipolar mother was not good for me. Right. So um, when I got when I when I got moved in, I tried to get a job. I did get a job at Best Buy, and I just couldn't take it. Um, my racing thoughts and my mania was would um, get the better of me, and I couldn't I couldn't stand still. I felt like electricity was going through my veins. Mm-hmm. I um, I had to take multiple breaks to get outside, and like I felt like it was trapped in in the store. Um, they try, I tried to do online training videos that they had, and I couldn't I couldn't complete them and retain the information. That guy, the racing thoughts, you know, the the mind not being able to to stand still feels like a learning disability. Yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from there. It really affects your ability to retain information. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't read. I used to be an avid reader. I can't. I cannot read a book anymore. Um, you know, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, I I I used to love to read. There's a lot of things I used to love to do that I can't do now. Um, so I quit that job before I got fired because I felt like it was coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, so while living here, I'm still living with my dad. My mom passed away on my birthday this year. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, you know... After I quit the job, I started going through extreme depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was suicidal. So I had been hospitalized in, like, I go to the emergency room, and I've been hospitalized three times, you know, in the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I was in the hospital, um, I was hurting so much that I that I was. You know, I grew up a Christian when, you know, when I was young, but I, I was hurting so much that I started praying. And I remembered a song from my college days by um, a man called Russ Taft. It's called Down in the Lowlands. And it goes, you know, I'm down in the lowlands where the water is deep. Hear my cry, hear my shout, save me, save me. I felt so deep in despair that that was my prayers based on a based on a, a chapter in the Psalms. I don't know how many of your listeners would, you know, appreciate this, but um, you know, have have any background in the Bible? But uh, in the Psalms, it's mostly King David uh, talking mm-hmm. and. Um, I believe he was a bipolar. Really? What makes you say that? Well, if you read Psalms, he goes through bouts. He goes through like extreme high highs where he's jubilant, 
and um, he's happy and he's praising God. And then the next, the next chapter, he's in a deep despair. And there are people after him, and uh, he just, he's, you can read he's in a deep despair. So I, you know, I believe that David was bipolar. So he's sort of my hero. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I never heard about, I never thought about it like that before. Yeah. So after I got out of the hospital, um, I was discharged to a free outpatient program because I didn't have a job, didn't have insurance, didn't have any money. And um, I started seeing their psychiatrist there um, who was also free. And the doctor had treated people who had had gastric bypass surgery and knew how to treat people. You know, sometimes you got to split up the, med- the dosage of the medication so you take them twice a day. Mm-hmm. So, again, even though she did that, I still went through a lot of different kinds of meds before I found something that worked. So it's it's been a it's been about two years since I started this process. I know well being unemployed is hard. Sitting at home in my own head caused me still caused me to go into bouts of depression and suicidal thoughts. I wanted to kill I wanted to kill myself. But I I wanted to, if I was, I I thought to myself, if if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I don't want to slip my wrist and then somebody find me and save me. So my dad has guns. And when I started having, when I started, when I first went into the hospital, he locked up up all the guns in the safe and I didn't know the combination. Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew he had hid a gun somewhere. So I went looking for it because I was determined that I was going to kill myself and I was going to, and I was going to do it quick and painless. So I found the gun. Um, but I guess by the grace of God, it had no bullets in it. Oh my gosh. And it was useless to me <laughs> unless yeah. I wanted to hit it. Unless I wanted to hit my hit my head with it. Oh yeah, that would take way too long. Yeah, um, I mean, thank goodness though. That's when when I was so deep in depression, I called my doctor and put, and she put me on a drug called Trintellix. Have you ever heard of it? Um, I have, but I don't know much about it. It's a new drug, um, and. Um, it really helped me with the depression. I have okay. been depression-free for a few months now. Oh, wow. Great. I still have the racing thoughts, and a lot of times I feel, like right now, I feel like really restless and mm-hmm. feel like I, I can't stand still, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm struggling with. I'm on lithium. Uh and I'm on Lamictal, mm-hmm. and she recently put me on Rick Salty. Um, What's that? It's a uh, it's another antidepressant. It one is an SSRI, and the other one is a I don't know. It 
targets the other. Do you know what I'm talking about? The SNRIs or? Um, I don't remember. It it targets a different. It tar targets a different receptor. Um, mm -hmm. That the SSRI doesn't. Yeah. I have to say that I think I, I think most people know this by now, but I am a Christian, mm -hmm. and my faith has always been very important to me. Um, so sitting at home, I um, I was so anxious and depressed, and but I knew that I wanted to go back to church, and I um, had such such bad anxiety that I, I couldn't I couldn't leave my house. I started searching on the internet for uh, videos of churches that had services in my area. And I found I found this church called the Point Church. It's in North Carolina. Oh, I just told where I live. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut it out. It's okay. No, I don't care. I'm I'm an open book. Um <laughs> And it took me about two months of watching of watching the services to finally get it up my nerve to go. And of course, it took the assistance of clonazepam, the anti-anxiety med, <laughs> for me to go. So, I um, when I was there, uh, since I've been going there, I've met people who are very supportive and accepting of me and and my condition. Um. I don't feel any judgment there. Um, right. I I believe that um, to have people who, you know, whether you find it at a in a in a faith community or in a in a group, you know, session, to find people who can support you, and um, you know, where you feel accepted, mm -hmm. I think is very important in recovery. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's absolutely critical. You know, I, I, I believe I've found that at the point, um, you know, from a, from a Christian point of view, you know, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, come to me, all you, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm not going to say that, you know, being a Christian has healed me, you know, by, mm -hmm. by, by all means, I will be sick with bipolar disorder till the day I die. But I feel like I can, I can have some, have some peace. Uh, that yeah. peace is hard to come by. It is. So take it where you can get it. Yeah. Um, God, I, you know, one thing that I wanted to say is I, I feel you know, one thing I struggle with is I feel extreme guilt about what I've done to my mm -hmm. family and my and my kids, you know, that I hope not only that they don't get bipolar disorder, but they don't end up on a counselor or a psychiatrist's couch because of what daddy did, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely uh, commiserate with that. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I, was, I, I, I could be very bad. Um, it's hard for me to be without a job and have no money. It's hard too, because, you know, I don't get support from my family 
they don't believe anything's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Why, they don't know why I just. I don't just pull up my pants and be a man. Oh, hate that phrase. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty much, you know, my journey. I did tell you that, um, you know, I'm trying to get it on disability. Yeah. I would love. I would love to hear from people who um, have had experience with that process. I mean, I'll give you my email address if anybody wants to email me about that process, um, and you can share it out if you think it's appropriate. Well, how about we just say anybody um, who thinks that they can be in, of any assistance or has any advice to give, they can email me at that B word at stonefruitmedia.net and then I can pass that along to you and then uh, yeah. you guys can correspond if it's if you feel like it's a good fit for you. Uh yeah. I, I just don't want to give your email out. <laughs> no, I don't want to that's I, that's why I didn't say my email. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then some people may, you know, email you and be a hater for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I got one of those um those uh emails saying oh, I'm the prince of so and so and if you give me five hundred dollars and I'll put a million dollars in your bank account the other day. I um, I had I had to laugh. I can't yeah. believe they're still doing that. Who falls for that anymore? Well, apparently people do or they wouldn't be doing it. I guess. Was he a Nigerian was he a Nigerian freak? Prince. I think it might have been his wife, actually, the wife of Nigerian princess. So, you know, trying to get that female solidarity going. Yeah, <laughs> that's there's all kinds of scams out there. Oh yeah. Um, but um, I've enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great talking to you too. Um, if I get any uh, ideas or any feedback on the disability issue, I'll definitely pass that along to you you did say that your attorney says you have a pretty good case you think or yes because of my well because of because of what i've gone through and what i'm going through and because of my frequent hospitalizations you know yeah i think i think there's that plus you know when i first saw her i I cried in her office (laughs) (laughs) uncontrollably yeah also you know, I'm seeing a good therapist now. The the I love my psychiatrist. I did not like the counselor that the free program had. That's another thing uh, about the meds because I don't have any money. They have mm-hmm. uh, they have a, a free a program in um, in North Carolina called North Carolina Medicist that I get all. I get all my meds for free. Oh, nice. Yeah, you just have to prove that, you know, that, that you don't have a job or you don't have money. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, and um, That's great. Too many people go without because they don't have the money, you know. Right. Well, I mean, so if you live in North Carolina, there's that program. There might be programs for other people in other states that mm-hmm. I don't know about. Um, and um, I, um, 
The only one that they don't cover is uh, clonazepam. It's because it's a it's a um, controlled yeah. substance. Yeah. yeah. So I have to get that at Walmart, and um, I use an app, I use an app called Good RX, um, mm-hmm. and they um, show how much the med costs, and it's like a month's supply of clonazepam is seven dollars. Oh, so that's not bad. No, that's reasonable. Yeah. So anyway. They won't prescribe me those, so I have no idea how much they cost. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunate because I really need them sometimes. Yeah, I kind of wish I had them sometimes, but I can understand why they don't. But yeah, I, they gave me um, this hydroxazine instead, which helps some, but it takes a while. What's the brand name of hydroxazine? Do you know? Uh, what was it? Vistral? Visteral? Something like that? Yes. They they gave me that in the hospital. It was useless. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it helps a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But it's not uh it's not quite what I was hoping it would be. Right. What's my I I call her my wife, but I asked her one time, I said, What do I call you? Because I don't know what to call you and she said, Just call me call me your ex. Yeah. Uh, but I still, it's a bad habit of calling it my wife. I mean, we're all, we're all but divorced. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a habit. I'm and she divorced, also, so. she also told me that she said, if you meet another woman and want to pursue a friendship or a relationship, go right ahead. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, I guess it's nice to have her permission, but I mean, honestly, do you need it? <laughs> well, that's what my counselor said, you know, because I've I've developed a friendship with a girl right now that mm-hmm. I think I'm uh, I'm more interested in her than she is in me. That being said, I I talked to my counselor about whether I should tell or not, and she says no, it's none of her damn business. Yeah, it's really not. So, good advice, but I still feel guilty. Yeah, I know. It'll happen. Yeah, I feel like a teenage boy having a new relationship with somebody. I um, I like I said, I don't, I don't think she's as interested in me as I. I know for a fact she's not as interested in me as I am in her. Otherwise, she would, she would want to communicate more often. We don't talk on the phone. She, like. She doesn't read my messages on Facebook Messenger, and when she does, she'll read out. You know how you can see it'll it'll show you that somebody's read your message. Mm-hmm. Like she won't she won't respond to me. Man, the whoever invented that is just like a sadist. Why why would you do that to people? Because you constantly you constantly go back and and check to see if they respond there to see yeah. if they uh, read oh, your yeah. message. You read it half an hour ago, but you haven't written me back yet. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, God, that's so awful. So I just quit expecting anything from her, except she goes to church with me on Sundays. So I've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> All I, right. 
I like talking to wish I had a friend with bipolar disorder that I could talk to. Yeah, I, I know. I I run into that too. It's like so like nobody really really gets it. There's one girl I work with who I think has bipolar disorder. She's never told me, but I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um so we can talk sometimes, but obviously not too much at work. I can't let too much slip. <laughs> It's kind of like telling it's it's kind of like telling somebody you're gay. You don't. Yeah. You want to do it, but you don't. But you fear the judgment. Yeah, you really don't know how they'll react. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's hard to not have people like who you feel like can understand you around. I've been doing this um. These online DBSA meetings, and they're yeah. kind of helpful. There, it's nice, like, just to talk to people who might have some insights, you know. DBS is a form of therapy, isn't it? No, well, no, I think you're thinking of DPT, DBT. Okay. DBSA is the the Depression and Bipolar uh, Support Association. Okay. Support Alliance, sorry, Support Alliance. It's kind of like just a support group. Right. But they have they have them in real life too but mm-hmm. there's none near me because i live in bumfuck ohio yeah and sorry <laughs> well i live i live near a major city and i looked into what is it, the uh what is it, the mental health website nami nami i looked at the nami website trying to find a bipolar disorder support group and yeah. there's nothing yeah yeah, I know. It's hard. There's a NAMI one near me, but it's like in the middle of the day when I can't go. But I would look for a DBSA one. I bet there's one near you. Okay, I'll look <laughs> that up. But um, I get a lot of I get a lot of support from church, and um, I I go to a couple of small groups, um, men's men's groups. So I've developed I've developed relationships with people. Um, and um, I'm actually going to, this is a big, huge step for me. I'm going to be um, volunteering at church. Oh, nice. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, I'm going to be in a group called, well, they had two options for me. They had a being a greeter where you greet people at the front door. I didn't think I was going to do that. I just couldn't do that. And the other option, which I'm going to do, is to be a watchman. That's where you do light security work and monitor and walk the parking lots to make sure nobody's breaking into cars, you know, during the service. Hmm. And so it's, you know, really a well-organized um, church, um, you know, where they have volunteers doing just about everything. Um, when I went to the volunteer orientation, I wanted to do something in, in the tech area, like website, mm-hmm. uh, managing their website, and um, or video production, and there was a couple other things. But they didn't have; they already had volunteers, enough volunteers doing those sorts of things. Yeah. So I chose Watchmen. Do you go to church anywhere? No, I'm not really a religious person. Yeah. So. 
I hope I, I hope I wasn't very offensive. No, no. I mean, to me, what is that? Oh, to me, if like if it helps you and it gives you comfort, then by all means, you know, who am I to tell somebody not to, you know, right? Do it. I'm um, happy. So. One of the websites I go to on a daily basis is um, called Broken Believers, and it's um, geared specifically. They have daily devotionals for people who are mentally ill. Oh, neat. Anyway, it's it's a good website. You should check it out, even if you if you even if you're not a believer. I'm gonna write it down. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. The thing, the thing I worry most is um, is jeopardizing my chances for getting disability. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do or say anything that would jeopardize it. But um, and I don't think most people I know, you know, they're that I don't want to know about, like. The person that sexually abused me, I don't, I don't want them to hear this podcast. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I don't want to start that drama. That is that that person still in your life then? Yeah, uh, it's a family member, and I I see him like holidays. Yeah. The bad thing about it is, I I I idolized him growing up and I still do to a certain extent I mean he's really cool he's got a band he sings in a band mm-hmm. um, so he was about five years older than me so he definitely knew better yeah but a lot of people who sexually abuse people have also been sexually abused themselves yeah um, so I don't I I've made peace with it and I don't hold it against them. That's good. That's a step a lot of people never get to, I think. Right. Well, it'd be different if it was a if it was another adult, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I so easily made peace with it. Well, I'm I'm, I'm also a very forgiving person. Although I do have some resentment over what my mom, my mom put me through. Mhm. You know. I've been with her for a long time, and I'm starting to, since, since her death, she died on August 30th, I think I mentioned it, it was my birthday. Yeah. And um, I am trying to make peace with her, you know, and forgive her, but it's it's tough. Well, it was good talking to you. Yeah, you too. It's been very pleasant. I'm glad you made me feel these. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I did, too. You were gentle with me. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, Becky. Okay. Bye. And again, thank you to Brian for joining us and, and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Um, and if anybody has any um, additional assistance or any stories they can provide that might help Brian with his disability um please let me know for, uh, forward an email to me at that B word at stonefruitmedia.net and I will get that to him. 
And thank you, everybody who has downloaded and listened to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, it really means the world to me when you guys email me and, and share your stories with me. Um, it's an incredible privilege, and I appreciate it a lot. If you do want to share your story with me, um, again, you can email it to that B word at stonefruitmedia.net. Um, you can also go to the website at that B word dot stonefruitmedia.net and go to the contact contact us list and there's a few ways that you can get in touch with us there one being a new voicemail line so if you just want to give a, so if you just want to call in you don't want to be a guest but you want to call in um, you can do that and the voicemail is 330-353-9633 and that'll go straight to me and if you guys could, I'd very much appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave a review or wherever you download your podcast, um, just give it a quick rate and review. That'll help other people find the podcast and that'll help me out a lot. I really appreciate it. Um, you can also find me at Twitter at that B word one, numeral one. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at that B word pod. And let's see, where else can you find me? I think that might be it. <laughs> but I'm pretty easy to find. So if you just look around for a little bit, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Oh, and you might want to check out the new podcast that's also on Stonefruit Media. And that is the Sci-Fi Fantasy Book Club. And that's myself, uh, my husband, Sly, and our friend, Caitlin. And we review... Um, science fiction and fantasy books it's pretty straightforward um, and the first book we're doing is The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher so I'm a big fan so it should be fun check it out alright guys thank you so much and um, until next time bye <laughs>